0: what's up everyone i'm katherine rudder and you're listening to or watching life in the fast chain for this episode we're talking telco um i have a few guys on to talk about uh, tm forum catalyst projects and i'm just gonna jump right into it
1: Enjoy.
0: I'm on the line with three lovely men. I am here with Michael, Andrew, and Mo. I am going to let you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, let's start with Michael. I'm looking at you in a grid right now. Um, so let's go, Mo and or no, Michael, Andrew, Mo.
2: Hi, Captain. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah. So just to introduce myself, so I'm, I'm the. Uh, um, one of your colleagues our 3 business development, focusing on the telecommunications sector, uh, so looking to develop our relationships and operations for the exploitation of Corda. Um, uh, so I'm working with, with these guys, Andrew and Zoe, uh, uh, and Mo, rather, on, on a, uh, a catalyst um, for, for TM Forum, which is what this is about. Um, so that's me in a
3: nutshell with regards to this.
0: Great. Thank you. Andrew, you're up.
3: Thank you, Catherine. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so uh, my name is Andrew Thompson. Uh, I head up uh, business innovation at uh, a company called Bearing Point Beyond. Uh, Bearing Point Beyond is a software subsidiary of Bearing Point, which is really a consulting firm. Um, so, uh, we've been doing a number of catalysts over the years with uh, many players, BT in particular. Uh, and of course, Mo will talk a bit more about uh, from his side of things. Um, But uh, most of these catalysts are really focused on delivering uh, new ways of working, um, abstracting, as it were, the old ways up into new ways, and delivering uh, secure uh, solutions. And in particular in this catalyst, uh, it's really all about Industry 4.0 and and smart uh, solutions. And just a couple of words uh, for the audience who may not be familiar with TM Forum. So it was established uh, 30 years ago by BT and AT&T. Uh, to as, as it were, act as the, the global standards body for the telecommunications industry. And over the years, uh, um, it's uh, started to attract more and more uh, industries as well as, of course, all the, the vendors and SIs uh, um, and other related organizations to telcos because it, it, it's been focused uh, on really working on how to take advantage of technology Um, And so, uh, and the catalysts are a rapid prototyping environment that enables that process to take place. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, five years ago, it was a lot more paper-driven than now, but with open APIs and the sort of stuff that's achievable, one can show massive results and uh, thrilled to be working with uh, um, with R3 and the other players and and BT and this catalyst and we'll explore more as we go forward. Great,
0: thank you. And thank you for the background on TM4. All right, Mo.
3: Okay, I'm the
1: one with the long, hard name. So, my name is. (laughs) The reason
0: I'm having everyone introduce themselves.
1: (laughs) Yeah. My name is Mohamed Hossein Zalfavari, known as Mo. Um, So, I am the um, research manager and uh, IoT architect in applied research in BT, known as British Telecom, also. And um, I'm delighted to be uh, the uh, lead for the smart manufacturing. uh, division in, in our catalyst in TMF for this year, and I've been privileged to work with Andrew and the team and the catalysts in the last seven years. Um, I'm um, recently um, um, working on a project I'm leading uh, as known as Zero Touch Onboarding, or ZTO, which is one of the underlying uh, technologies on the, uh, in this catalyst.
0: Very cool. Let's just jump right in, and then we can talk about blockchainy things later um so let's talk about the catalyst uh can you give some background um as you said andrew tm forum had kind of kicked it off and you um explained what that is but let's jump into the catalyst what is it
3: <laughs> so so i guess um we've done done a number of catalysts as most alluded over yeah. the years um and uh, uh increasingly uh um we, we've tried to say, well, what is the biggest problem that uh, we can solve? And yeah. uh, and this time it was, it really was uh, actually really led by, again, by BT in terms of here's a problem statement. Yeah. And uh, the problem statement was very specific, but actually the underlying um, problem is much bigger than just the specific part of it, which is what Mo just alluded to. So yeah. um, you know, essentially it was, well, we've got three million devices. We want to put them up there so we can actually have, have cameras as we're managing environments. But at the end of the day, as we've all seen, the cyber world is uh, pretty active, um, yeah. and so if things aren't securely deployed, then they can be hacked. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, of course, n- no organisation wants to be in a position where it is responsible for infrastructure that's being hacked. Yeah. Um, so, so Mo was given the task, and and. Uh, Had been working for a little while with Intel uh, on actually um, solving it, um, and finally came along at the beginning of uh, last year and said, well, I've been trying to solve this problem, and, I, and Mo, I should say, Moe's written 35 patents around this this area, right, wow. so just to give you a flavour of, of why that uh, PhD is uh, sitting in front of his name, right, so... <laughs> So pretty significant. And of course, you know, there was only 12 to start with and then 15 and then 20, but here we are, 35. But what's significant was that Intel had also spotted the same problem. You know, mm-hmm. the whole world was saying the industrial Internet of Things is going to grow to, you know, 30 billion devices out there. And of course, the problem is if they're not secure, trusted endpoints, then actually they're all hackable. You know, and yeah. you see the Mirai botnet and all the other little disasters that happened over the last several years. That took down the internet and actually, you know, the ransomware stuff that goes on—it's—it's um, it's really pretty untidy. So, what Intel did was create a, a nice technology set called uh, the Secure Device onboarding, Um Technology, which yeah. is now put into the FIDO Alliance. And Mo created all the software to orchestrate that within his patents, um, and then the the multi-party orchestration is provided by the software which BrainPoint Beyond provide, which is uh, called Infonova, which is a a complete partnering, frictionless partnering platform. Um, and we're delighted that one of the members in the Catalyst AWS, who are one of our key go-to-market partners, because they've recognized that the 3,000 services they have within the service catalog can easily be onboarded by anybody who uses our software and then actually um, combined with Moe's, ZTO, and Intel's devices and protected by uh, Corda from R3 mm-hmm. and uh, create a complete solution for any organization that wants to deploy a smart city, a smart factory, or a smart grid and wow. one of the one of the exciting things is that um, this is a, a really about to become much simpler um, if I take the biggest problem statement, I took three million devices earlier, <laughs> which is going to save five hundred years of work by by Mo, Mose created together with Intel and then developed in the catalyst and phase one in five weeks back last year. but if you look mm-hmm. at the look at the scenario where There are 255,000 power substations in the States. And Catherine, you'd know better than most of us that from time to time you lose power. Um,
0: Indeed.
3: Yeah. And it's more more likely to happen in the States than it is in the rest of the world, apart from maybe Japan, because 110 volts is less stable than 240 volts. So we've got 80 houses per transformer, 240 volts, and you've got, you know, maybe eight hours per transformer with 110 volts. So if something goes wrong, it can go Mm. wrong more quickly. So there's only four milliseconds to make a decision to disconnect and isolate a substation, have it working in isolation. And that's part of the solution for Smart Grid that we're working on. But actually, you know what? If you were to do each one of those as a project, it would take maybe 30 or 40 years. Well, we don't have 30 or 40 years to wait.
0: Yeah. So
3: what we're creating is a really cookie-cutter solution that means... From a shopping cart, you can select everything you need to overlay and abstract a substation, press the button, it gets delivered, turned on, automatically everything goes live and it works. And so that's really what we're focused on in the Catalyst to put it in a nutshell.
0: Fascinating. I like uh, it. And, and
1: guess what? It's not only for a smart grid. It works on smart cities, a smart health, a smart X, actually, smart factories.
0: The technology? Um, Uh, Yes,
1: the whole marketplace and technology. Yes, it works on the um, pan um, um, uh, industry. Um, It's not limited only to small grids.
0: Oh, that's cool! Yeah, that is really fascinating. So, how did so you guys started this catalyst uh, earlier, and and you weren't focused on blockchain? How does blockchain kind of come into this? Or te- de- distributed ledger technology, whichever. I use yes. blockchain kind of as a blanket word for le- the technology.
3: I think it's a very important differential. Yeah.
0: yeah, I know. We had this conversation before, like, don't say just blockchain. So actually, like then I'm actually going to take that back. We're going to put that question on hold would
3: no, you no, no, like no, to talk good, about no, it's a good
1: question I... it's oh, a very okay. good question
0: okay. it's very
1: a very important. good question thank you so <laughs> oh blockchain a uh, revolutionary technology that changed internet economy and security slowly and mysteriously um <laughs> blt or distributed leisure also is the best known shape of blockchain right now and uh yep. um
3: yeah.
1: It started like uh, a little bit unnoticed. So we started to, as uh, Andrew mentioned, to um, secure the onboarding of these devices at the scale. And that involved uh, the work with Intel to bring the security down to the chip level, create the yeah. certificate on the chip, and then create a, a adjustment certificate, certificate, we call it ownership voucher outside of the device so you know this device uh, um, belongs to who and then um, mm-hmm. and that that ownership voucher actually matches the internal certificate on the chip as well and bear in mind this is it could be any chip not only intel chip it could be any manufacturer device it and uh, that device can can belong to anyone and managed by any device management service um and uh, So we started to securing the onboarding of the devices, many reasons, Uh, saving 534 man years for 3 million devices, Uh, saving the cost of the project to one third, bringing it down to one third, Um, removing the errors and uh, increasing the security down to the chip level, only are a few of them and adding the late binding capability. So you don't need to actually create predefined skus predefined products uh, mm-hmm. for each solution so you can have a white box uh, uh, devices or white label devices and just uh, in the basket you can provision them in a way that customer wants and create a new product out of it doesn't matter if it's one or 10000 or 1 million devices
2: mm-hmm. so when
1: we had that sorted uh, then uh, we expanded it to the secure supply chain uh, technology mm-hmm. because In all the ordering of the device, it's it's not only about the technology of onboarding. You need to order the device. And when you say, I want to order the device immediately, you need to order the certificate for that device as well. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that, yes, technology was there in a a way that extend the ownership certificate from my name to your name or from manufacturer name to the retailer name. Mm -hmm. But there was no means and mechanism to transfer this ownership certificate uh, from from uh, from one entity to another entity in the, in this, in the supply chain so we started to create a secure supply chain where using uh, using uh, infono bearing points beyond was um mm-hmm. multi party bss workflows we tried to um transfer this ownership certificate in a not in a bespoke way in an open API matter in a, in a, in a, in a more uh, common way using under under TMF standards so in the same shape we and, and securely we can transfer the ownership certificate from from one party to another party in the secure supply chain until it reaches to the very last tenant where mm-hmm. the customer actually ordered uh, the device to so that was phase two. Okay. And uh, when when we completed that story, then, then um, we noticed that um, probably that's not the most secure way to do that because we couldn't actually prevent double spend, for example. We, so what we needed was that every single uh, node or entity in the supply chain, any any business or tenant in the supply chain, they needed to establish the trust to other parties in the supply chain they deal with. Yeah. and that's the that's the model that we're working right now at the moment at the moment um i mean in the in the real world and that wasn't sufficient because uh when you order a device and uh, for example for the smart grid scenario you order it and it comes from different country through different manufacturer th- uh, retailer wholesaler mm-hmm. and you don't know where in this journey the device has been um uh, uh, tampered, uh, cloned, or manipulated, or if it's, uh, uh, if it's manipulated or not. So there's mm-hmm. no, unless you trust your uh, supply chain uh, parties. Um, we, we wanted to make a zero-trust supply chain, and yeah. that's where uh, the uh, DLT helped a lot, because I think DLT promotes the economy of things, and also it enables the marketplace for all. What it means is that there's no centralized way to control everything
0: yeah
1: uh, concert team of everything based on the uh, um, um, consensus and, and what happens here is with DLT technology we created to create uh, we try to create a technical secure workflow in order to transfer this ownership certificate uh, and the devices itself uh, on the uh, um, Um, northbound and southbound it means the the actual uh, transfer of the ownerships and also the devices themselves in the secure supply chain and to remove this trust Um, and that's how we started looking around the DLT um, 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 solutions around this uh, zero touch onboarding and why we chose uh, Corda is a different story
0: oh teaser (laughs) 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 yeah I think I think Thank you for that. That was really helpful with understanding um, kind of the history and where you are now with these catalysts and why you went to blockchain. I think it's funny when I'm listening to these things in all these different industries and different use cases, as people are explaining their problems, it's like no matter what industry, a lot of industries have these exact same problems. So um, I think that's why with us too. obviously r three, um, the reason that we built Corda was because we well, we obviously think it's the best <laughs> platform, um, but uh, it was initially built for the banks and banks just generally with all their regulations, which is why it was built the way it was, um, which you guys probably know all this, but that's why a lot of different industries can actually utilize the platform because we thought of a lot of things that, that other companies didn't. So why did you guys pick Corda?
3: So, so maybe let me just sort of come in with, a, with a, another perspective. So one Great. of the key things which um, we've been developing within the, the, uh, the, the, the approach was that um, irrespective of uh, the organization in the supply chain, uh, they all have different uh, processes. They all have different articulation of how they do pricing. They all have different yeah. articulation of how they, uh, as it were, take their products and services to market. And actually, Mm -hmm. what we have is a a requirement where, um, as Mo just articulated, we need to be able to enable a certificate to go between different organizations seamlessly. um, And and therefore, if people are using spreadsheets, that might not be very seamless. And if people are using websites, it still probably isn't very seamless. So you need a platform that actually is uh, frictionless, which is what the Infanova platform provides. But more importantly, what it does provide um, is essentially... um, a it's a almost like a sort of a, uh it's a babel fish in a sense to use the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy expression because it enables any organization to describe what they want to do in a common language even though they, they may be working differently so yeah. you know if you're in one industry they have one set of uh um, of process expressions around how they do stuff in another industry they have another set of expressions so in a multi industry type scenario,
0: we needed yeah. to have a
3: way to enable all of them to operate the same way. And so, having that consistency was critical. But what it means, therefore, is that anybody who wants to join the, 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 uh, um, the digital business marketplace needs to take a set of assets. And, and there are various key assets. And by the way, of course, Quarter's is one of them. And one of the key things that we identified in one of our early discussions was that every single infant over tenant, which is a full PL realization, for any organization, whether it's a line of business or whether it's a whole business, mm-hmm. um, each use of thats PL. is that becomes a very good echo because actually with every single one of your nodes, effectively, it's a p echo. So logically, the smart contract frameworks, which help define DLT from a, um, a uh, an R3 perspective, when you were working out how to actually evolve and make blockchain into a far more usable type of construct, where you mm-hmm. say, well, actually, it needs to reflect, as it were, each organization and how it partners with any other organization is exactly the same way um, from a different vector, which is where the Infanova platform came from. So it was too easy to say, this seems to look very logical, especially, of course, as you've got a certification authority capability to enable yeah. all the players to actually then bring in their public uh, security key, which, of course, as Mo indicated, is part of the process to actually provide that as part of the ownership voucher transfer. So you suddenly end up with a very different set of assets and components, which all yeah. do different things. But when you bring them together, actually, you end up with uh, with a very repeatable set of patterns to the extent that now any organization that wants to join the, uh, the digital business marketplace, I don't call it a catalyst because actually we're getting pretty close to some production scenarios. But what that means yeah. is they need to, as it were, from the cloud, they need to consume a, um, uh, a quarter node, an Infanova tenant, um, uh, so single sign-on software from a company called Envine. Um, mm-hmm. There's some software from a company called Intuitis, which is a zero-touch deployed as well, which is uh, uh, anti-ransomware type software, um, and so on. There's a whole a pattern, there's a blueprint of stuff that comes together that enables this to work very easily. But clearly, the particular pattern which Corda Bling brings from, from R3 is is very powerful in what it does.
1: Yeah,
2: and I think that I mean that was one of the I mean we had the session in, in Lisbon, which which was was pretty intense. Just just looking at what you guys have done, um, and, and what kind of struck us um, when we were there, I think, was that quarter as, as a as a technology and a capability is actually quite a natural fit into what um, uh, what what the catalyst was was endeavouring to do this time around, and and some of them are, some of that you know as Catherine pointed out, so it's Designed and architected for a regulated industry, so so it, yeah. so it meets all, all of those elements. Um, you know, and and you know, like Catherine, I, you know, I think Quarter is, is an extremely um, effective and capable solution. Um, but it but it does things like it, it 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 reuses. It doesn't try and reinvent wheels that don't need to be invented. It reuses technologies that are that are familiar. Um, you know, you talked about public key and set of certificates and things like that. And that and that fitted in very nicely with the kind of extensions that Mo wanted to do around the ownership voucher. Um, yes. you've, you've got um, a kind of granularity around state and data in turn term, in terms of transparency and, and and permissioning. That fits really well in, in in this context as well. So so we had that we had the ability to notarize and, and to, to to just naturally um, prevent, you know, either purposeful or accidental double spend. Um, so that fitted yeah. in really well as well. And and you've talked some pretty big numbers um, there in terms of the amount of devices and, and what's going on. So one of the other nice things, the, the architecture of, of Corda lends itself really well to scalability.
0: Yeah.
2: So again, it's sort of, it, it was a... You know, it's it's called as a digitization tool, um, and it it just fitted in very well, I think.
0: um, Yeah, sounds like it. We're always like, privacy, scalability, like trusting parties that you don't trust. It's like everything you guys are saying, it does make sense. Yeah, so...
2: Great fit, so...
0: It definitely sounds like it. So did you guys look into other, like, blockchain technologies and then you were like, okay, we don't actually want blocks on a chain. We would like the distributed um, ledger technology? Or did you just jump right to Corda?
3: (laughs) Well, I I think we, we, and as Michael will share, there's actually a second DLT within the Catalyst, um, which does quite different. And, you know, it was always interesting as we started this discussion um, where... um, Uh, the IOTA um, uh, DLT, which really is a machine-to-machine type uh, DLT, which does something quite different, actually becomes very useful. And Mo talked earlier about the supply chain having a virtual side and a physical side. And the virtual side is is perfectly handled by Corda. And we can see that uh, Corda becomes a logical collector of immutable records for all the contracts and and every single time an order is placed by anybody in the supply chain. you know, Mo's team have uh, uh, developed a nice listener that picks up the fact the order's been, uh, as it were, received by Infinova and all the information gets passed in the quarter. So quarter becomes the collection for, as it were, the contract information around orders and billings and so on, which mm-hmm. they used by a third-party order system to validate the ecosystem is behaving. Um, but in terms know. of tracking physical devices, uh, I mean, IOTA provides a, a very interesting process, which, you know, again, one wouldn't have expected it to necessarily be doing that but actually it's already being used for example in in the wallet in the, the jlr pace of the car to spot potholes in the road and set yeah. a photograph of the pothole to go with the coordinates to the local council and the local council then pays some digital currency for sending in the uh, um the picture and the pothole lo- logistic uh, location but of course it's also being used for transactive energy and a few other things which are which are Really, quite sort of different use cases in a way. Um, so it's you know it's I think it's it's great that you know and it, for ty- at times it was like they, can we bring these two together? Does it make sense? They're doing different things. Yes, they are. Yeah. So and, and sometimes that's the reality is that things can look very similar, but actually when you get under the covers, they do things quite differently and fulfill different yeah. roles. So it, it is actually quite interesting how this can play out. Michael, maybe you've got some comments on that. No, but I was I was I was going to
2: pick up on 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 something else that you, Sorry, you mentioned because it's quite interesting how I mean, and we haven't really discussed um, the the kind of range um, of organisations and in, in, in involved in in this uh, in this catalyst because it's, it's it's pretty broad, but the the extensibility and 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 playing in maybe into that into the mega catalyst context as well. But I was also going to say that the. The quarter developments actually being done by you know Mo's guys in in the University of Ulster and 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 it's it's quite interesting really. We I mean we're offering guidance and advice, but but I mean Mo, those guys, they they're doing a pretty good job really, just just off the bat.
1: I appreciate it. That's absolutely um, uh, a great point. As you could call out call out for them as well. I mean um, I, I want to build on top of that. I mean they were quite. Um, uh, we uh, they quickly actually got in and started working on it because um, Corda is open source, open design, and open development, um, and uh, um, lots of great materials there in the um, on the website and the documentation. They they got it quickly and they implemented quickly. And one of the points actually uh, Andrew mentioned is that they we have like three com- three workflows here. We have a commercial workflow, which is our Infonova as a multi-party frictionless BSS um, uh, flow uh, for to enable, which actually enables the uh, open commercial ecosystem ordering goes frictionlessly from one entity to another entity into the supply chain. And that in the middle actually supports the, Workflow on top, which is have uh, which uh, which is the virtual uh, workflow for the secure supply chain to handle the um, vouchers, and that's happening by uh, R3 Corda. Mm-hmm. And the below that, actually, we have uh, iota taking care of the physical uh, workflow of the, where the device is at the moment, so it goes mm-hmm. from one hand to another hand. And the backbone here is the um, Infinova, where actually try to synchronize everything together and and provision the order at each step, actually fulfill the order on uh, each step. Uh, so it's a very complex and beautiful yeah. project to have. And um, on the virtual side, actually, Corda has a unique um, capability, which is the permissioned private enterprise blockchain. And it's really important here because we don't, unlike the uh, conventional blockchain, we don't want everyone to know about every single transaction.
0: Yeah,
1: um, We have some kind of privacy here. We have a uh, notary node here, which actually makes sure we don't have double spend and, and it's kind of like uh, validating everything. So with that, we brought, secu- uh, we brought uh, service assurance on top of the zero touch onboarding. And it's really important. That's something I actually never been there before.
0: Wow, great! Um, I like how uh, <laughs> I like how I just use blockchain kind of flippantly. we referring to both. And Andrew's like, do not do that. Um, <laughs> but it's true. I think uh, the blockchain DLT uh, world uh, has been very interesting. I don't know how long. How long have you guys been kind of? In this this space, I mean, you guys are always like emerging tech. I feel like, but um, when did you get interested in blockchain? Just generally, was it through the catalyst that you guys were like, oh, I guess this is more for Mo and um, Andrew, not you, Michael? Actually, I would like to know how you got there to through too, but. Um, yeah, how did you, how did you guys first uh, like get introduced to this technology, oh, I, and how I did you started... get so aggressive about wanting to determine <laughs> the difference between DLT and blockchain? All right, sorry, go ahead, Mal. Yeah,
1: no, I started five years ago. I mean, I heard about it like uh, before, but uh, I started working uh, on IoT uh, or Internet of Things seven years yep. ago when I joined BT. After a couple of years working around the service management side of it, the device management, sensor networks, different parts of the IoT, um, I signed up for security side of that. So IoT security um, um, was the focus for me five years ago. Immediately, um, blockchain um, was uh, of my interest. So I started actually with filing a couple of patents there, which was granted. Three weeks ago. Um,
0: Congratulations! We're,
1: we're great. thanks. Uh, <laughs> so I started, yeah, <laughs> like other bits. I started the, um, I started them with patents. So yeah. So I mean that was the first um, um, time actually I started working on the blockchain uh, with the IoT angle on it.
0: Got it. Thank you. All right, Andrew, you're up
3: so so i have to say you know blockchain has obviously been a topic uh in the innovation side for for quite a while yeah uh, and so i because i've been playing in innovation uh uh really for many years um it, when it first came along it's like hmm, looks really interesting but i really couldn't see how it's going to make sense because one doesn't need the level of privacy yeah um, and it seemed to me it was far more associated with um with uh with some, perhaps some some more shady type scenarios which uh is something which i which i tend to try and avoid I mean, we do have um some very uh uh i mean most most of the the tier one telcos in the world have some um have some sort of responsibility to very secure type scenarios yes. which is the same reason we just started the discussion earlier and we said well there's no way that you know, BT wanted to get involved with five, uh, three million devices that they weren't secure because yeah. they can't risk uh, having that sort of uh, happening around the back door. So, yeah. So, blockchain until it started to evolve into the second generation, um, yeah. and there was several that um, uh, our, our colleague uh, Gary Bruce, who actually heads up the Catalyst, uh, Mo's colleague from within BT Applied Research. You know, he'd been looking at uh, several other blockchain scenarios, and and. Uh, know when it became clear as it were as we got closer and closer to well what are we really trying to solve um and uh the the fact that you know r3 is designed as you know a contract framework between two different organizations and the way it is with the right sort of permissions and the right um rights to see stuff uh and not see stuff is that this became a logical uh choice for for the catalyst so but yes i mean so when we got together, as Michael mentioned earlier um, in Lisbon, I mean, Mike and I have been talking on and off, and in fact, uh, even we tried to entice uh, R3 to take a close look at our catalyst in phase one and phase two. Um, but actually, I think Mike was right to say a bit earlier that it was really when we when we got to phase three that we were mature enough to really show that um, the repeatability and the patterns actually were ready to then really take advantage of uh, of how R3 can support that and. As I said, earlier, I mean Mo's team have been great at picking that up, um, and uh, and as Michael also said, there's a there's a breadth of brain power in in the catalyst. Of course, I'm not an engineer, so I'm always out of my depth. But the engineering capacity in in the team is able to grapple with these things very quickly, and given they're all open type uh, technologies, it is actually amazing how quickly things can come together.
0: Yeah, I think a note on that, like the. Just open um, communities and the open source community in general. I feel like you're able to move on things so much quicker than I guess you typically would because of that community aspect, which I think is great. Like our our developer community is, is awesome. Um, I really like that, like the open source kind of culture. Um, okay, Michael, how did you how did you end up at R three?
2: <laughs> well, it's, it's um, so I guess if I look at where I started interacting with, with blockchain or DLT, probably back in 2014, and really it was in the payments. Yeah. So my my background's financial markets tech, really, um, and then you've got when you've got folks like the Bank of England producing, you know, almost dedicating a quarterly review to the subject, then you, you tend to pay attention a wee bit. And then, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it. I think I think Goldman's also issued a. Um, what if I told you, you know, everything was on blockchain? Report. So, so there's some pretty big people talking about, um,
0: yeah, about
2: the technology, but it clearly had a ways to go as well. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, we 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 had conversations with a whole range of people, and and um, including including R3, um, where where I was um, uh, what I was doing previously, and 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 it's you know, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I won't, I won't. Belabor the point, but from an architectural perspective, it is, it for me is 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 the best thought through stack and platform for this. So, so that, that's kind of um, you know where I sit, and and that's really in in the in the enterprise use case as well. Which which clearly this is what's important here. So it's yeah. it's um, need and 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 ambition as well. I think so. Uh,
0: yeah. I think, um, so when I joined our three, it was, we didn't even have a quarter yet. And I, I had joined and I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to anyways. Um, I was like, okay, there's so much hype. Like, come on. Are we really everyone? I walked into the office and I remember I was like, I, I believe in, in the company, I believe in what we're doing, whatever. But I was like, everyone's so hyped, like, we're going to change the world, like, the way that credit cards change the way that you pay for things, and I'd be like, all right, cool it, Um, but I actually am now that person, because at that time, Squared really, SoCordid didn't exist, it was, like, 40 years ago, um, uh, not even open source existed yet. So, but then once the product started coming together and then we have partners who are actually, and people in the ecosystem who are actually building on it. And then you see like all the use cases, um, it's been so impactful. So now I'm the weirdo running around like, we're changing the world. (laughs) But I really believe in it. And I think at at the beginning, uh, there was definitely a lot of hype around technology that was just like not fully baked yet. Um, And we weren't there yet. And, and then I think it's been such an interesting journey, especially being at R3 from essentially the beginning. It's been like, (laughs) it's been like, we were saying that we're just a distributed ledger because we're not blocks and chains. We're not a blockchain. And then People were like, well, you have to be a blockchain. <laughs> and then we were like, okay, we're a blockchain. <laughs> and it's been, a, it's been an interesting journey. But um, yeah, the technology. It
2: and, 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 you know, the, i mean I I'm kind of a big believer in the S-curve thing and, 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 the, and the way that shapes out. And I, and I kind of think this is, this is what's happening here. And as it's become youth and anger, it's it's changed its shape a wee bit as well but 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 the and in the early days which is why kind of timing which kind of to andrew's point the timing of application here is important because you 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 don't want to force something into a space that that, that's hard and difficult particularly in 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 in, in something like this 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 is these catalysts work better if the if the technology Fits naturally because there's a lot of people,
0: yeah.
2: a lot of hard work anyway, um, and if the if the tech doesn't fit, then you then it, it just becomes so difficult to make any progress. So I think so I think now is kind of a time where, with the right use case, and there's a set of them, then then this fits really well. So um,
0: yeah. Sounds serendipitous. Um, so, what is the future of what? What are the futures? I guess of these catalysts. What's next?
3: I think we're we're very close to uh, uh, hopefully seeing one of the uh, um, one of the champions potentially uh, uh, finally trigger um, a major activation of uh, of uh, of the catalyst in production. Um, but interestingly, we're we're attracting so many. Um, new champions um, so for example in this last week uh, we've uh, attracted a, a medical group six hundred thousand uh, uh, partners in that medical group who are looking at using the capability of the, of the catalyst um, mm-hmm. we've attracted a uh, international uh, hotel and resorts uh, group um, and uh, they they've recognized that this would enable them to significantly change how they ser- service the entertainment industry and the tourism industry um cool. uh so uh, and yeah, i also... love this double action so how many participants do we have in this catalyst now well that's right it's <laughs> i it's funny I, I wrote an email last night and uh, and then an hour later i had to rewrite it and say we just added another one uh <laughs> there you
0: so, go <laughs> so cool so,
3: and uh, and what's really interesting is that um uh you know we've just uh, also uh, added um, um i think i can confirm confirm it so the digital twin consortium um <laughs> which is actually part of the uh, omg uh that we had a call two nights ago with the cto uh dan isaacs uh, a very very interesting character and uh fascinating uh capability uh they're, wow. yeah, they were as it were helping to coach because either they day being a consortium they're not any particular technology they're saying well the digital twins what can they do but of course when you look at a multi-industry scenario, we've got all the different mathematical models and different processes. Well, our catalyst is dealing with that. And, yeah. and of course, the Digital Twin Consortium are also looking to crack that too. So yeah, with a bit of luck, they're also going to become a champion, which is absolutely fantastic because uh, they really are a massive uh, um, you know a- energy around transformation we're not trying to be transformation in this capitalist though of course we are but actually it is it is a transformation of industries to enable things to work in you know and how people might think they're going to work in 20 years time but we can do it now so yeah and there's several other major major players who are also in the process of finalizing that they're going to join which um um means that uh something will definitely result in in pushing this into uh a production scenario over the next uh, few months Um, I mean, COVID has accelerated this, perhaps if COVID hadn't happened, uh, and we wish it hadn't happened, but, you know, COVID really has changed the expectations around Mm -hmm. social distancing and around zero touch. And whilst, you know, when Mo said in the beginning of last year, let's do this catalyst because we need to do zero touch, we we, we agree we can save a lot of people being out there running around, but actually people don't want to be running around now because you might catch COVID. So, you know... Uh, And as long as COVID's around, there's this expectation now that things can be done very differently and this catalyst can do that. So all those reasons point to, as it were, the opportunity to really start to change things quite significantly.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. I've talked to a bunch of different um, companies, too, and like startups and how they're dealing with COVID. Um, Obviously, an unfortunate situation that we wouldn't want to happen, but it's good that it's kind of pushed, like propelled you guys forward, it sounds like. Brian. That's awesome. Going into production, that sounds scary, but that sounds like a lot of work for you guys, um, but the future sounds very bright. That's really, um, that's really cool. That's a lot to kind of wrap my head around because there's so many moving parts and players and all that, um, but I can't wait to, to learn more about what you guys do in the future. And then maybe in two years, we can all gather back, maybe in person, and talk about all the uh, accomplishments that have yet to uh, come. But um, lastly, before I let you guys go, talking of COVID, have you guys, to, to make it a little lighter, um, have you guys picked up any hot like hobbies? Or are you just working a lot? What are you doing to kind of stay sane? Because we talked about this before we started recording, but obviously there's spikes in Europe. Um, I feel like in New York, I'm just waiting, waiting for it to all come back again, which is uh, fairly depressing. So are you guys doing anything to keep yourself sane? <laughs> or just working because you have no free time because this no, sounds insane. I mean,
1: I saw, I saw <laughs> uh, from my end. So, first of all, my garden is amazing right now.
0: Oh that's great.
1: <laughs> Every single grass in the same shape, <laughs> same size
0: Glass scissors
1: yeah, just sort of full of flowers, so gardening is one of my hobbies and I didn't know actually there are so many lovely places around where I live i I genuinely didn't know, so there are some things around uh, like i it its it's just like maximum ten minutes drive from my house and then um There are so many amazing areas you can go for a walk. So that's my new hobby.
0: Okay, those are very good and and uplifting. I want to have a garden, but I live in New York City. So that's just, (laughs) (laughs) I basically live in a shoebox. (laughs) Uh, Andrew, what about you?
3: Well, uh, living in London, even though I'm now in Australia, I sort of got lost and came out to London 30 years after leaving. Anyway, back in London. (laughs) And I'm on the eleventh floor of a building, and I can see up north and see Wembley Stadium from the south side. So I can see Heathrow over there. So it's a fantastic view, but definitely no garden. So I'm envious <laughs> of mows, uh, flowers, and uh, cut lawn. Lovely. I, which I used to have in in Australia, of course. So uh, with kookaburras sc- sort of screeching in the background, uh, <laughs> um, and of course Michael can relate to that because not many any kookaburras in New Zealand. But anyway. Uh,
2: Keep a free,
3: so <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it is disconcerting time with uh, with COVID. I mean, clearly, uh, you know, hopefully, the vaccines will come out soon and enable us to all start to run again around again. Yeah. Um, but, um, but really, yeah, it's been very busy. Uh, this this catalyst, of course, has been extraordinary because normally yeah. we would complete a catalyst by June, publish it, and then. People would disappear on holiday, and I'd hopefully be on a boat around the Mediterranean, bobbing up and down, you know, with a glass of beer <laughs> in my hand. But unfortunately, you know, I, I can't even dream about that. So unfortunately, the Friday normal good, good evening sort of or goodbye message to most people is: "It's only two or working days to Monday. See you then." <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so um, hopefully uh, we'll we'll uh, by the time we finish this extended uh, catalyst program by the middle of November, which of course would have finished in June. We won't all wow. be burnt out and ready to just go to sleep for two months, but who knows? We'll see what happens.
0: It's <laughs> good keeping busy. I, from my perspective as well, like work for me, because I am on our marketing team at R3, it's, it's like tripled because everything is digital, and I'm our digital marketing manager. So, uh, yeah, we've been very, very busy. Michael, what about you?
2: Um, so so I, I guess, like Mo, I've done, I've done a lot of walking. Um, I'm trying to find hills in England, which is a bit of a challenge. Um, So uh, it's the flattest, a pretty flat country really. But I've done a lot of walking, (laughs) and I I, I think my it is extraordinary. We kind of live on the North Down uh, North Downs Way. So I I did a walk the other day, which is about 22 kilometers. Mm -hmm. Tarmac for 500 meters total. The rest of it was all you know, grass through. so that's been quite extraordinary, and, and it's kind of kept me sane as well. I think you know you've got to yeah. get it from 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 the screen, um,
0: yeah.
2: Now, um, um, and and I guess you know, like like Andrew, I, I think I mean this is the longest I've been in one place since kindergarten. It's uh...
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel like I got in shape, I got out of shape. I picked up hobbies, I dropped hobbies. I just there's. <laughs> I'm all over oh, the yeah.
1: place. It had uh, phases, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, thank you so much all for uh joining me. I honestly learned a lot. Um and I I wish you guys all good luck in the future. It sounds like you have a busy, busy few months.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm technically on leave, by the way.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> really? I'm sorry. You just,
3: you out no, 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 no you checked out no, but you couldn't I'm, leave yeah
1: no yeah no I'm, I'm, I'm usually when it's reached to the ends of the catalyst I take one week leave so I can focus on the catalyst and finish it off <laughs> okay That's
0: well that, that kind of email. leave <laughs> <laughs> no ex- big thank you especially since you should be on leave oh and it's a Friday you gotta go get a beer okay I'm gonna let you guys go thank you so much for joining me
3: <laughs> thanks a lot thank you very much
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Life in the Fast Chain. Stay tuned for more mini-sodes and episodes in the coming weeks. Um, Make sure to register for Corticon if you haven't already and follow us on social media, all that stuff. Uh, And if you are going to Corticon, I will see you virtually there um, as I'll be doing wrap-up sessions at the end of each day. So make sure to check those out. Bye. Oh, oh no, oh no, oh